0: Got it, got it, got it. Hello and welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast. I'm Liz and today I have got a very special guest for you. Today you're gonna meet Nikki. Nikki is part of our NZ Ahead private community group. She's been with us for right from the beginning when we very first started this community. And she last year moved from the UK, from Manchester in the UK to Auckland in New Zealand. But the thing about Nikki and the thing you're going to love is she moved to New Zealand with her husband and her two kids, having never, ever been to the country before. So she came over here totally blind. I mean, she'd done her research and yes, she was part of our group. She kind of knew what to expect. But can you imagine that? Can you imagine flying thousands and thousands of miles across the other side of the world to start a new life, new job, new school, everything, and having never been to the country before? For those of you who know our story, you'll know that Brian had never been to New Zealand before, but at least he had me. I had been, and at least I could tell him stuff about it, but... Nikki and Ollie had nothing, nothing to go by, only by what they'd read on the internet and by what we told them in the community and on podcasts and videos and things. This chat is all about how they Settled, how they found New Zealand to be, what it was like to leave their parents in Manchester in the UK, how the kids took to it. Nikki talks about what Auckland is like, whether she's found a sense of community and whether New Zealand has turned out to be this lovely, perfect dream that she hoped it would be so before we jump into the show with nikki i just wanted to say about the slack community the private membership group that nikki refers to quite often throughout the show this is a community made up of people who are doing the exact same thing as you're doing which is moving to new zealand it is a private paid for community it is beautiful, absolutely lovely, friendly, helpful, resourceful. There are many, many channels within the Slack community that cover things like immigration, pet relocation, kids, jobs, healthcare, the list is endless. If you would like to know more about that private community, then we would love you to take the free five-day video guide that Brian and I put together about moving to New Zealand. This is absolutely free. It's a five-day video guide where every day you are sent a video for five days showing you some aspect of life in New Zealand. It's absolutely lovely. And by the time you get to day five, you're then given details of how, if you wish to, join the private NZ Ahead membership group. So that's that. So take the free five-day video guide, get to day five. And if you're thinking, I'm serious about moving to New Zealand, I want to be surrounded by people who are on the same journey as me and who can help me and support me, people like Nikki and everyone else that you've heard interviewed on this podcast, then head on over to www.nzahead.com slash free. That's www nzahead.com slash free. Okay, let's jump into the show and find out what Nikki thought about New Zealand. Got it, got it, got it. Welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast. Everything you need to know about moving to and living in New Zealand. There's a whole
1: world here. It's so
0: nice to be with you again. We call it Otero around here, bro. Uh-huh. You'll be right. We are your hosts, Liz and Brian. Amazing New Zealand southern seas see that's where i belong that's home okay welcome nikki welcome to the podcast so excited to have you here thanks Liz. i'm really excited and a little bit nervous about doing it but i'm looking oh. forward to getting into it all I have been waiting so long to do this interview with you. What have we been like? We've been like, yeah, I'll set a date and then something comes up. And we set another date and it's like, so. so to have you sitting in here in front of me now is just, it's perfect. So we've got so much to cover. Can you just jump straight in and tell us who you are and how come you are sitting in New Zealand chatting to me?
1: Yeah, of course, no problem. So I'm Nikki, originally from Manchester in the UK. Um, and I moved over to New Zealand in August of 2022 after a long wait through the border closure of COVID um, with my husband, Ollie, and our two daughters, Ella and Lyra. Ella is eight, in fact, she's nine tomorrow. Oh. So um, before I joined this call, I was uh, making cakes. So for <laughs> all that fun of the birthday party tomorrow, and then Lyra is five.
0: Right. You're a true Kiwi, aren't you? Now you're making cakes (laughs) before a Zoom call. That's that's impressive. That is. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, I I love a bit of (laughs) baking.
0: Oh, I can't jump. I can't wait to jump into this. And you know, I love your accent. I'm from Preston. You know, I was born in Preston in Lancashire. And there's something about talking to a northerner that just, I don't know if it like brings up feelings of when I was a kid or whatever. But instantly, I'm just relaxed when I speak to you. It's just, it's so lovely. I love your accent. (laughs) I can't get enough of it.
1: Yeah, well, we were very close to each other because I was in Bury, although if I'm saying it properly, I should say Bury. Bury, Bury.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So is it true that you had never been, you've never been to New Zealand before you emigrated?
1: No, we hadn't. So we were one of those sight unseen people who just decided to yeah pack up and come over just on the basis of Internet research and from talking to other people who'd been to the country Um yeah, spending many, many hours on YouTube doing your lovely video guide, which I feel <laughs> like was such a monumental moment for us sitting down. We sat down and we watched the kids with the kids, the little five-day video guide that you do. Yeah. And it was at that point that I think that week we decided to sign up with New Zealand Shores, start doing everything in preparation, told our families so, yeah, whenever I think, whenever I hear you say on your podcast about all oh, the five day video guide, it just I, th- I think about sitting with my kids watching it. Oh. I'm a bit where well, you got ice cream and then their little faces like.
0: Oh, lovely. Oh, that's so nice. We yeah. I feel like we've been on this journey for a long time, me and you. So it's, yeah. it's great to finally just sit down and get your story. So, Nikki, what do you do for a job and what does Ollie do for a job, first of all?
1: So it was Ollie's job that brought us over, not not from the point of view that he was moved in his job or anything. We decided to actively look to move to New Zealand, um, but he's in commercial building surveying and project management. Um, so we're quite fortunate in that he's on um, quite a few of the shortage lists. So it was pretty straightforward for him to get a job, really. We were really, really lucky with that. And then Mike, <laughs> Ollie's had a very straight career path and mine has been very winding. Um, So I started off as a high school biology teacher, and then I moved to carrying on with the teaching, but to um, do more of the careers guidance for the students. So that's what I've kind of spent a decade doing, helping them prep for university or decide what job they want to do. Um, And then since we've moved over, because we don't do students by halves, um, I've had a complete career (laughs) change. And at the moment, I'm an office manager for a recruiter in Auckland.
0: Right. Right, okay. I always think when people say their high school, um what did you say physics teacher or science? Biology. Teacher? A biology teacher. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I always think you you I don't know, when I was at high school, the biology or science teachers or physics teachers, they were all like I don't mean to be to too but they're all <laughs> know like what really, you're say. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like really old men with like little glasses and just like little brown cardigans. And I just look at you and I think Wow, you know it's just you must have just been such a breath of fresh air walking into a high school and going, oh hello, I'm here to teach you biology <laughs> you know it's just
1: yeah well, that was one of the strangest things actually because I went into teaching straight from university so I was twenty one and I was teaching sixteen year olds and um, oh. you know so there wasn't a huge amount of age difference when I think back now um it kind of seems mad that I was actually let loose and allowed to teach sixteen year olds and <laughs> um, yeah so I think that's part of the reason why I've moved slightly away from teaching. There's there's lots of reasons, but I always felt that I wanted to be at a stage of life where I could relate to the pupils that I was teaching, um, and that was something I I had an amazing time in high school. Absolutely loved it, um, and so I always wanted to have that connection to the students. And I never there's lots of people who can do this and get to sixty and they're still amazing teachers, but I never felt that was going to be for me. I always felt that by the time I was sixty, I would have got too far away from the demographic that I was teaching and. I always wanted to be able to relate to them and then to relate to me. I never wanted to be needing to be put out to pasture maybe
0: yeah, yeah. at the end of my career yeah and what better you know I mean what better way to if you were at school doing high school like I say in a 21 year come 21 year old comes in and teaches it it's like you, you you would feel that connection to them wouldn't you because it'd be like oh yeah this person is you know has only just got all this information and you can I don't know it's just that age thing you like you say you can relate to someone like that it's just yeah I, w- I would have done anyway I never related to any of my old teachers I just you know look Looking back, they were probably only about 30 and I thought they were like ready (laughs) for the box, you know. (laughs) know. (laughs) (laughs) I know that is the risk when you,
1: I think the day you walk into a classroom as a teacher, it does like add a decade to your year because (laughs) all of a sudden everyone views you as older. Um, I Do you know what? I was really lucky. My high school teacher, in theory, was one of those slightly old fuddy-duddy men, um, and he used to walk into biology, and he wouldn't have a lesson plan. He didn't even teach us most of the curriculum, and he just used to lecture, but honestly, it was the best couple of hours of my week. Oh. I just loved it, and he was the reason, actually, why I went into teaching, because he was just so inspirational, and he just... talk about anything he was so knowledgeable he was like an encyclopedia Um yeah and I've been actually really really lucky so I've spent the last 10 years working in a girls school before we moved to New Zealand and doing the careers and doing science with young women is such a massive privilege to work with young women who are deciding what they want to do and to try and help them and guide them, I've just I've got a huge passion for working with women in science and yeah, helping women achieve things in their careers. It's massively important to me, so I've been really, really lucky to be able to do that as well in education.
0: Oh, that's wonderful, Nikki! A, yeah. a big, sh- a big shout out to you because, and all teachers, you know, I I thank you with all my heart because it's just like to to give yourself to a career that is so giving you know so unselfishly giving to other people it's just thank you for everything you do it's just it's wonderful
1: no honestly it's a privilege to do it and I was really lucky to work with amazing colleagues as well like some of those teachers are incredible I could only wish to be as good as they are in the classroom yeah
0: so let's go back to to England then so you, you you've obviously got you're very happy in your job Ollie you know you've got you've got this home in Manchester and you were very close to your mum and dad weren't you you live in quite close what made what made you suddenly think i know i'll move to the other side of the world having never been there before why new zealand you know why not somewhere else why new zealand
1: so it's it's a long-winded story really and i suppose for other people looking in it maybe did look sudden um but when i was a teenager my family holidays used to be to america i was really lucky that i got to travel around the states a lot um and i often used to think wow people get to live here they get to live in this warm weather they get to live by the sea and so it's the idea of living outside the UK is something that's grown in me for probably two decades it's not a sudden thing um but as it happens with a lot of people I guess I was sensible in that I went to uni and then got a job and a training career and everything straight out of university and then we got married then we had kids, and we were very happy in that. Um, you know, we extended our house, we remodelled it, we made it exactly how we wanted it, and we were perfectly happy. But there was always this thing that had been there since I was maybe 12 or 13 about living by the sea, living in a warm place, and having a more outdoor lifestyle for myself and also for my kids as well. And it was something that never went away. And often, weirdly, the time that it would hit me most would be in the British summer. And I suppose that's quite unusual because I guess maybe most people find it more in the winter. Um, but those rainy August days, sometimes I would just say to Ollie, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, let, let's try somewhere else. Um, and we are close to our families, even though Ollie lives a distance away. Um, you know, he's close to his mum, he's close to his sister. His sister has got kids that are the same age as ours. Um, so it always just felt like that was there in the back of our minds and we could never quite get past that hurdle. Um, But as the kids started to get a bit older, and it was just before COVID hit really, it was 2019, um, uh, I was sitting in work and a brochure dropped onto my desk of all the Australian and New Zealand study options for university. And so I was doing as you do, I was flicking through this brochure. And when I was younger, I always wanted to do marine biology. That was one of the reasons why I'd gone down the biology route. And I just suddenly thought, I could move to Australia, I could move to New Zealand and I could do marine biology if I wanted. Why have I got this idea that my career path is set, that my life is set and that we can't change it? So I walked to the staff room at break and I said to my friends, I'm very lucky that I worked again with just amazing people and had some really, really close friends. And I was like, that's it. I'm moving. I'm going home tonight. <laughs> and I'm telling Ollie that we're moving. I've decided. And so I went home and I said to Ollie, look, you know, what what do you think about the idea of moving. I know we've spoken about it on and off all this time. Um, and for the first time he said, yeah, I think we should really look into it. So that was kind of 2019. We did lots of research about Australia and New Zealand and Canada and um, kind of the typical places being slightly nervous about language. Ollie a good linguist. I am not. <laughs> so we were looking mainly at English speaking places. Um, And yeah, towards the end of 2019, I think we decided that we were going to, in 2020, do a recce, come to Australia and New Zealand, do a nice little trip around, have a see um, what everywhere was like. And then obviously 2020 happened.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so that's how we got there, really. So although it was sudden in one way, and I know it did take our families by surprise, for me, it wasn't sudden.
0: Yeah yeah so it's been a long time sl- and this is the thing we often talk about on the slack group isn't it is people come and say oh i've had to tell my family this week and they haven't taken it well and that is because in your mind like you just said perfectly you've been planning this for years maybe decades in yeah. the back of your mind but to them it's first it's the first time that they've heard it and no wonder yeah. it's a bit of a shock like you know yes yeah. because-
1: and i think even when you've spoken to them and tried maybe try to put the feelers out, test the water, see how they're going to respond to it. I think as humans, we're very good at um, putting out of our minds what we don't want to think about and don't want to hear. So I think that can also be difficult as well, because you feel like you have mentioned it maybe in the past or you have said things and they've not really heard it or they've dismissed it understandably, because you know a lot of people don't want to contemplate their family moving across the world. Um, So I do think that aspect of it is really difficult. I know... For a lot of people on the Slack group, and certainly for me, I was telling our families and kind of wanting to help them through the hurt that they feel, but also appreciating that you're the source of that hurt so you can't really help them. I think that is probably the most difficult bit of the whole move. And I, I know everyone in the group finds the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. going to talk about, we'll come back to that in a minute about what, uh, you know, the the tips that you can give for people keeping in touch and things like that, especially from the UK, because it's such a long way away. Yeah. You know, you can't get any further away. And it's no. like, oh, really? Couldn't you just move, you know, to France? <laughs> so yes, yeah. my know. mother said exactly that. He was like, if yeah. you want son? could you not think about staying? <laughs> and it's just... Oh, Nikki, it's so hard. My family said the same. They're like, you know, Wales is really nice or Ireland <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't know. There's just something in you when you want to move, you want to, we've always said it on the grief, have where we? You were adventurers yeah. and it's like, you're not yeah. going to, you're not going to quash that flame inside you no. until you've done what you've done.
1: No. And part of the reason why we settled on New Zealand is because it is far away from everywhere. I know that sounds a really paradoxical thing to say. Um, Ollie and I went to Hawaii on our honeymoon and I remember just loving that feeling of obviously your honeymoon's a different kind of holiday because you've just gone through a wedding and it's such an amazing experience. But I loved that feeling of being on a tiny little island in the middle mm-hmm. of the Pacific, away from everything that I was used to. Um, and New Zealand obviously is a lot bigger. You're not going to get that um, Hawaiian island culture. But I actually loved that it. it's totally different. I love that Asia is our nearest continent. Flying over. Um, and doing the flight tracker, you know, when you can do that on the plane. I was just thinking I've, I'm flying over places here that I've, are literally only in theory to me I've you know they're theoretical places I've never experienced them and so moving to New Zealand gives me access to all of those places that I've never been able to go before and so that's actually part of its appeal weirdly is that it's far away
0: yeah yeah I <laughs> totally understand what you com- where you're coming from me too um yeah so when you were doing your research for New Zealand because we get asked this a lot what kind of things would you say were uh, prominent of like what sold you about New Zealand? What what kind of things did you read about New Zealand or hear about New Zealand that really swayed it for you, apart from it being on the other side of the world and being yeah. miles from nowhere? <laughs> get me as far away as possible. Yeah. I honestly don't feel like that. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, the just the natural beauty of it, I think. um, In this world of Instagram and YouTube, you can't get much better than New Zealand on that. I mean, it is just an incredible place. You... just be driving around a perfectly normal road and you'll go around a corner and i just i still multiple times a day have those moments of oh my gosh this is actually where i live how incredible is this place um and then i did speak to quite a lot of people who've got family in new zealand or who have been here themselves and the thing that came across was just how friendly the kiwis have got a reputation for being um And so those two things, I mean, Ollie's a geologist, I'm a biologist. So again, can you, you know, in terms of places to go, (laughs) um, New Zealand is just an incredible place for the things that we're interested in. Um, Yeah, it, it was everything. The more we researched it, the more we just felt this huge tug, which feels ridiculous from the other side of the world when you're only doing, you know, internet research. But we just felt this huge pull towards it as a place as just, yeah, that's where I want to be. And I've kind of learned over the years I should listen to that. I remember having that when I went to look at unis. When I went to the city where I ended up going to university, I felt exactly the same. I just felt this pull that this is the right place for me. And I went to uni and I had the most amazing three years. So I think that thing inside us that we can't quite explain, um, but that speaks to us and won't shut up, is actually really worth listening to. And that's what we got about New Zealand.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it is. It is. It's one of those things that you just can't quite tell people. I always end up lying and I just say, Oh, yeah, we just came for the lifestyle. But I think, oh, Liz, that's <laughs> so weak. You know, think of something better. <laughs> but but you, yeah, it's
1: really hard because you either go for something a little bit lighthearted like that and kind of a, a little sound bite. Or you have to go into things that genuinely, truly speak to what you want from life and who you are as a person. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it feels a bit deep to go with yeah. someone straight away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They just asked you in the
0: supermarket queue.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you're oh. like, well, actually, let me tell you about my philosophy. On you, <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't really work in polite no. conversation, does it?
0: <laughs> just say lifestyle. Just say the est bit and then they'll, they'll exactly. understand. <laughs> exactly. Um so but, oh, first of all I wanted to ask you well how did the kids feel when you told them that they were leaving England and coming to the other side of the world leaving all their family and friends how did they react
1: so when we first told them they were a lot younger so we told them let me just work this out at the start of January 21 so Ella was 6 and Lyra was only 3 so right. for, I mean Lyra was too young really to have any concept of it life was strange at that point because we were in the middle of a, the second lockdown in the UK um so life wasn't normal. We weren't integrated or seeing people in the same way that we would normally have been. Lyra, although she wasn't a COVID baby, was very much a COVID toddler. So she'd not really known normal life. Um, And Ella was the one I was more worried about because Ella can tend towards being anxious. Um, But actually they were really enthusiastic about it from the point of view that I think they just thought it was like going on a big holiday, which to be fair is exactly what it still feels like. so I was very fortunate that we didn't get from our kids that I don't want to go, I, do, I don't want to leave my friends. And we were we told them in the start of 21 because we assumed that we would probably be moving at some point in that year. And then ultimately that didn't happen because of the way COVID went. Um, and actually, I think having the long amount of time for them to process it was actually really helpful for them because it was just always something that they knew was going to happen Um, and that we were working towards it, but they had lots of time to get their head around it. So I think it actually helped them having quite a long time.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it a bit easier when they're that slightly bit younger, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: And I think Ella was able to talk about it in school. She was able to talk about it with her friends and, everyone that we've told has reacted so positively and said, Oh, it's amazing. Or, Oh, I know people who are there and they're so happy or, Oh, good for you. What an amazing adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think she got that reaction as well. And so that made her think of it as an exciting thing, not something to be fearful of.
0: It's funny, isn't it? I was just thinking then I I went back to standing in a shoe shop in England, in Bath in England. We were, we were about to leave, you know, in, in a few months and I, and someone saying to me, why New Zealand? And, and I just thought then when you were saying that it's New Zealand and the Kiwis actually have a bit of a trouble believing this, but New Zealand in England or in the UK, it's got a very, um what what's the word I'm looking for? Not alluring, but just like a, a you know, like, oh, really New Zealand? Oh, wow. New Zealand. Do you, do you find that as well? A hundred
1: percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And also that I don't know whether you found this, the number of people said, oh, I wish we could do it. I wish we could do it. Yeah um and yeah people who really seemed to get why we were coming yeah 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 yeah. New Zealand it's what it is it's this weird New Zealand siren call maybe it's a UK thing I don't know but it definitely has it I know exactly what you mean
0: yeah it does and it's just uh, yeah and and that's why I said to you what what research did you come up against because you know like I, when we were looking, we found, you know, we heard about beautiful places, but I'm not being funny. You can go to the French Alps and you can see mm. beautiful places. And then you hear about, you know, our friendly people. Well, the people are friendly in Lancashire. Like, you know, the, yes. there's lots of friendly people in the UK. Um, I, I, but it's just, it's something else. It's just that. And I don't know when, you, I loved what you just said before about it being so far away. I don't know if that's like almost, um, oh, I'm not very good with my words this morning, but almost like um What's it called when you don't know about something? So you need yeah. to go and see it for yourself. I don't know what that word is. I can't think of it. But It's the unknown. It's, and it yeah. feels slightly exotic because it is yes. so far away. Yes, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Because like anyone can just nip over to America and anyone can go to France. But New Zealand, like you have to make that extra, extra effort. Yeah. So it does. It holds that mystique of like, oh, yeah. my God, you know, it's New Zealand. It's just, yeah, it's, it's oh, yeah. funny, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And I think, actually, you've just reminded me of one of the other things that was really important to us. It's and I know, again, there's been a lot of discussion in this group about this, is that moving away from the consumerist lifestyle, which, you know, you can't say is completely absent from New Zealand. It absolutely isn't. Um, but also I was sitting on the beach yesterday with a coffee. I just dropped the kids at school um, and I can grab 10 minutes after I drop the kids before I start work when I'm on, on my work from home days. You know, sitting on the beach, listening to the waves um, in my own little world. And this lovely lady walks past and she's got she's got a doggy bag and she's picking up all the litter off the beach. Not that there's a huge amount, but obviously we've had the storms recently um, and she's going around. There was a huge um, event last weekend where everyone came together and cleared the beach up. Um, and I just thought the people here, they they have this respect for the environment and I'm I'm sure it comes from the Maori culture and the way they have this real connection to the land and to the place and to the sea. And I think that filters into the culture of New Zealand as a whole. Um, And that, I think, is part of its appeal from a long way away, to be amongst people who value and appreciate and care for where they live and want to protect it. And I think for us as well, watching the COVID response of New Zealand, I know you alluded to this in your podcasts from a few years ago. You know, that idea of the team of five million again was really alluring, where a place where people look after each other and come together. And um, I think it's also that aspect of things. It's not just the friendliness, it's that genuine care that people here seem to have for each other. And like you say, you know, where where we were in Manchester, Manchester is an incredibly friendly city. There's amazing people who live in Manchester. People were looking out for their neighbours in the UK in COVID as well. I'm not saying that that was absent from the UK, but I'm just saying all of these things kind of feed into that idea of New Zealand. Um, yeah. And we've only been here six months. I don't know whether it will prove to be the case, but we're certainly finding it is like that so far.
0: Mm. Do you know you you've you're the only person i've ever spoken to actually that as uh, i've been able to relate to in that sense that i also feel about the uk that uh, some people leave a place and they go oh i can't stand it i hate it i'm leaving because i hate it i never hated the uk you know yeah. and i don't think you do either it's yeah. like the people there are lovely, you know, all right. There was things that we, in our personal life that, yeah, we wanted something better, but it was more of a, a, it was more of a pull to see, to be an adventurer and see what was there rather than a running away and getting away from this kind of thing. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, you, you find yourself having to explain that to a lot of people because they're like, so what did you hate about England then? And it's like, no, I didn't hate it. It was just, it wasn't right for us. Like, you know, it yeah. just didn't, it wasn't right for us. That's it. Yeah.
1: And maybe it will be in the future. Yeah. I think that is the other thing that I have hugely changed my mindset on since we've decided to do this is... I, do, I sort of feel like in terms of career or location or house or we see the next move as being the one, the one that is going to last us for life. But why? Why does it need to be yes. like that? Why can't you just move somewhere while you feel that pull to do it? And maybe in 10 years or two years or 25 years, we'll feel the pull to be somewhere else. And yeah. and that will be fine. Maybe we'll stay in New Zealand, but we'll decide that we want to go to South Island or something. I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But I like that kind of breaking off the blinkers and thinking this is what's right for us right now and i'm not going to overthink it i'm not going to think too far down the line and all the implications we're just going to enjoy it for what it is now um and enjoy the fact that we're in this amazing country um we've found the people here so welcoming we've been so many people would love to do this and can't because they either can't get the work visa or they don't you know it costs a lot of money to do this um and so i think I've just got to be extremely grateful that we've even had this opportunity. Um, and I think that I wait. that's what I wake up with in my head every single day, just how lucky, how fortunate we are that we've been able to do this and that we've been able to come to a country that is, you know, welcoming and open to people moving here. Um, yeah, I just, I feel so fortunate every single day. And I know yeah. it sounds really cliche and a bit yucky to say it, but that is honestly my overriding feeling. Mm-hmm. Every day is just how lucky we are to do this. It's not oh, I hated that place and I want to get away from it. And You know, we were really lucky. We were in a place where we were happy. We had great friends. We had lovely jobs, lovely house. And we've been very lucky in that we've been able to move and we're hoping to try and, you know, replicate that happiness here. It's two positives, not a negative and a positive.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you mustn't underestimate. I mean, yeah, you are very lucky. We are very lucky to be here, but just you don't underestimate the fact of how hard you work to get here. Don't don't forget yeah. that. You know, <laughs> it is hard work. Yes, it's it bloody is. hard work. I don't know. Someone says, "Oh, there was a saying, isn't there? The the luckier I am, the oh, the, the harder I work, the luckier I get." And it's just like yeah. <laughs> I I understand what you're saying about the you know being able to come to this country, but it's it's the effort that we put in to get to this country that's I think makes it even more special. And, yeah. you know, yeah, I try to rem- remind people of that who are moving to New Zealand and they're like, oh, why is why am I going through all these emotions and why am I feeling like that? It's like what you are doing is huge. Yeah, absolutely huge, isn't it? Nikki? Yeah,
1: it is. It is. And I think one of the things um, maybe one of the reasons we were able to do it at the stage we did it, but we never committed to it before was because I think to do this move, you have to have a certain confidence in yourself and i don't think that i probably had that 10 years ago um i have a trust in myself and in that gut instinct now and i think holly does too where we trust each other to just it's really hard to describe but just a confidence in yourself that actually i know that this decision is right for me and my family i'm sad that it makes other people in my life sad but you get to a stage where you know that you have to make the decisions that are best for you and to get comfortable with the idea that some people might think that's selfish and I think that is something I really really struggled with for years because yes in many ways it is selfish to move away from your family when you know that it's going to upset them um but we're taught that selfish is always bad and I think when you're making this decision, we made it because we felt it was healthier and better for us at this point, And we felt it was healthier and better for our kids. So actually, that side of it isn't selfish. So it's really I still feel very sad that it's hard for the people in our life that we moved away from. And I wish that wasn't the case. But I got to the stage where I had to be comfortable at the decision we were making. And I think that that confidence maybe comes later for some people. And I think for me and Ollie, it came later. I don't think we had it 10 years ago
0: that's lovely that's so lovely I love that about just be it's looking at a selfish in a different way because it's yeah you're spot on absolutely spot on um Nikki so I think you've answered this question but I'm going to ask you anyway so when you got to New Zealand and you had all these visions in your head of what the country was going to be like and how friendly the people were going to be and how wonderful life was going to be any, yeah. any things that you thought, well, that's not, well, that, that's a big fat lie that Liz told me on that video no. guide.
1: <laughs> no, do you know what? One of the things that was most helpful in the lead up, I remember Brian has said on lots of your podcasts, don't expect it to be the same. Don't compare. And I think that is such a good piece of advice. You have, when you leave a country, you have to let go of everything. And again, I think the two years that we had building up to this actually was very helpful because we were able to gradually snip all of those threads. And sometimes it was difficult because we felt like the thread was snipped, but still hanging on (laughs) Um, because we obviously didn't know when we were going to be able to move because we didn't know when borders were going to reopen. But you have to let go of the country that you've left and you have to embrace the place that you've moved to. But we came across the old Kiwi kindness the first day we were here. Um, We'd woken up in the morning, jumped on the ferry from where we were staying over to Auckland CBD. And we met this lovely Kiwi lady. And the first thing she said was, hi, started chatting to us. We said, we've literally just moved here last night. We arrived. Um, And she wrote down her number and gave me a number and said, if you need anything, if you need anyone to show you around, let me know. And then her and her girlfriend were um, making this kind of butter, like body butter. And it was just the start of their business. And she gave me this little sample pot of body butter that she had. and she said, here, have some of this. It's our new business. See what you think of it. And, um, you know, I'd love you for, for you to try this. Um, and she just gave it to me for free. And we were only on the ferry with her for 15 minutes. It was beautiful blue sky. Auckland CBD looked incredible. And you know, from that moment on, <laughs> I just feel like it was like, oh, this, this place has so far more than surpassed what we were hoping for. Um, We were really lucky, again, because we flew straight to South Island after a week in Auckland. And we had a two-week typical South Island roadie, absolutely incredible. Again, you know, I think what you were saying before about the fact you can go to the French Alps, that's absolutely true. New Zealand just has this accessible size to it though. So we did one drive from Wanaka up past Lake Hawea and Lake Wanaka over the Hast Pass, which felt like being in the Alps. And then through the has Pass, we dropped down, which then felt like being in a Brazilian rainforest because you're oh. fully in the bush. And then out to the West Coast, the sun was setting and it felt like being on Highway 1 in California. Oh. It, within the space of six hours, it was just incredible. So... No, so far New Zealand is more than I've yeah, got to expect.
0: Yeah. Oh. God, I honestly, when people talk about New Zealand to me and their experience, it makes me well up. It really does. I don't know if it brings back memories of when we first arrived. I'm sure it must. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say, you know that body butter you will smell that i'm telling you now in 10 years and you will be back there on that ferry and don't ever don't ever forget that because when we first arrived we went to some like bee factory up near auckland and we and i got some hand cream made out of beeswax i think it was but oh no no it was manuka honey that was it it was manuka honey hand cream um and i put it on and to this day the kids still bite me for my birthday and every time I smell it, I think, oh my God, that just reminds me when we first arrived in New Zealand. It's so yeah. funny. So it's lovely that that lady did that for you and gave you that that body. She butter. was just
1: honestly so lovely. And what an introduction oh, to Kiwi. She was amazing.
0: Yeah. That's gorgeous. So you live in Auckland, is that you right? Do. Yes. We do. Yeah, we're on uh, North Shore, Auckland. So this is another thing I wanted to talk to you about as well. Hang on, I'll just wipe my tears, my bloody yeah. tears. <laughs> We're going to be blubbing away together. We're going to need to go and get a copper in a minute. Oh, I tell you, I tell you. Anyway, so uh, (laughs) I, we, I mean, you, it's not, it's common knowledge. It's common knowledge that people will say, and I'm sorry, Aucklanders, but this is true in case you don't know it. They will say to people moving to New Zealand, oh, don't go to Auckland. Auckland is far too busy. It's far too noisy. It's far too overcrowded. It's far too expensive. And so people within our community certainly get frightened by that, don't they? And yeah. they're like, oh no, am I going to just hate it? So yeah. you have come to Auckland and from what I can see, you are loving it. So tell me your feelings on on what you'd heard about Auckland and the, reali- the reality of that.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Even when we went to our two-week South Island trip, we would speak to our Airbnb hosts and quite a few of them said, why are you going to Auckland? Um. And obviously I don't have any New Zealand comparison because this is the only place I've lived. I've only lived here for six months. Um, and I know a lot of people move to New Zealand to get that small town experience. Um, and as I've said, maybe in the future, actually, that will be what we're looking for. But we lived on the outskirts of Manchester in very typical suburbia. And we've always liked the convenience of having a city nearby, but having the countryside 10 minutes away. Um, and that's something that really works for us. Auckland, I think, compared to the rest of new of New Zealand, it's busy, it's there's more traffic, um, you know, it's noisy, all of those things. Compared to a British city or an American city, it's not any of those things. Right. So I think it's all relative from where you've come from. In terms of population, Auckland and Manchester are virtually identical, but Auckland's actually over a much bigger area. So the population density is lower in Auckland. Yes, there is traffic at pick up and drop off times, absolutely, you can't deny that. Um But we get the bus and we go down the express bus lane. <laughs> we wait to all the traffic. Yeah, yeah, So there's ways around it. But I think what Auckland has, one of the things that I was most worried about, about coming to Auckland, is people said it's not genuinely New Zealand, you won't get that feeling of community. And that was the thing I thought, okay, is it going to be very transient? We have been so lucky with the community we've dropped into here. Um, we just... Just the people have been so friendly and there's a real mixture, you know, uh, South Africans, other Brits, Kiwis, all sorts of different nationalities. I think there's a phrase that I think it's for all of New Zealand, not just Auckland, that says everyone in New Zealand is from somewhere.
0: Um, And we've
1: definitely found that. Yeah. But honestly, the sense of community where we're living, as I say, um, in kind of the aftermath of the cyclone and the cleanup and the floods, incredible. And um, the way people have looked after each other and come together and yeah. So the biggest worry for me was that I wasn't going to be able to allow my kids any freedom because they're in a city and that, that sense of community wasn't there. And I suppose with everything, you we have been very, very fortunate that the area we've gone into, we've got amazing neighbours and we've instantly gelled with them. The kids all play together. And um, that has been brilliant. And I suppose, you know, you can't guarantee that you're going to be able to get that when you move anywhere. Um, yeah, but Auckland has incredible beaches. I do a 5 k walk north or 5 k walk south. I think I've spoken about this before, and I hit three or four just beautiful beaches. Um, and we just, to live by the sea, to have those beaches, to have the warmth. I can't remember the last time I wore a jacket.
0: <laughs> it's amazing.
1: Even though Auckland has had one of its worst summers on record.
0: Do you know why? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say to you, Auckland has had its worst, one of its worst summers on record. And I'm, you know, we, we I wasn't going to touch on the cyclone and everything here because it's such a massive topic, but you've had yeah. it rough in Auckland. You've had it so rough, but, and I'm really sorry for everything you've had to go through. I mean, you, you must've just thought, what, what? hang on a minute, what? <laughs> it's just, you know, you've turned up and then this massive cyclone hits. And how was that? How was the community? How did they all pull together? And And did you feel part of that?
1: Yeah, it was amazing. Um, our house, thankfully, stood up brilliantly. It's quite exposed, but we have h- had no problems. Um, so our kind of discomfort has been watching other people have to go through it. Yeah. It's not been personal discomfort. Um, but the more, I mean, I was just amazed. The morning after the floods, that all the local towns close to us, the town centres flooded, and they were under between sort of a few centimetres to half a metre, a metre of water. Um, And I drove through them two days later and you would not know the amount of work that people did. People were walking through the local town um, at eight o'clock the next morning after the floods at the end of January um, with their brushes, with bags to clean everything up. They were getting involved. The cafes were back open by midday and they'd been underwater the night before because people just came. uh, It was honestly incredible. Um, Yeah. So certainly if anyone is worried that they won't get that sense of community in Auckland or, they won't feel that they're really integrated within the country. I haven't felt that at all. And Uh, and like I say, I've got no frame of reference, but I
0: haven't felt it. That's so good to know, Nikki. I remember you, I remember, I never forget because like I say, you were obviously very active in the community and you would say before you came to New Zealand, but what if like, what, what will we do if I'm working and what will the kids do after school and what will they do in the summer holidays? And I remember, saying to you honestly it will it will be fine you know people take their friends camping they take the kids off and they go <laughs> camping with them and and then I remember you you posted this beautiful post in the community slack group and you said I'm sitting here and a neighbor has just climbed over the fence the kid's neighbor has just climbed over the fence to come and call for my kids and I couldn't be more happier I remember reading that and thinking yes you know that's <laughs> it you know you, you're you there girl you're there so yeah it was an amazing moment that it still
1: makes me feel emotional thinking about it now, because obviously when you you make the decision to move your children out of a place they're happy with, that comes with a lot of soul searching and it comes with a lot of worry. Um, and I know for the certainly the week leading up to us leaving the UK, that was Ollie and I's biggest fear Um and we kept having to say to each other, no, let's not do the what if this goes badly. <laughs> I remember saying to Ollie, you know, actually, we're, we're worried about taking the kids away. But what happens if Ella's meant to be a champion surfer or something? Yeah. And she would never be able to do that in the UK. So we've got to think positive. Um, but that was always my biggest worry and then when we've got this little group of neighborhood kids and they you know they just move from one house to another they had the absolute time of their lives over summer holidays we barely saw them uh, <laughs> they were all playing together they had this freedom and independence that we've never been able to give them before um and yeah it's it's everything that we we could possibly have wished for um and i all th- these parents his dad moved to houston when he was a teenager and his dad and stepmom had warned us they said it, it people think the hardest bit is going to be at the start but actually sometimes it can be between the 12 and 24 months period which obviously we haven't hit yet because everything has settled down you're not the new people anymore you've not got that adrenaline still going but you're now like okay are we settled And um, and maybe that's waiting for us in the future to feel like that you know we're only six months in but we are so much more settled than I ever expected us or hoped that we would be at this stage. Oh, um, that's, yeah.
0: That's fantastic. And, and what I was going to say before, and I never got to cause it went out of my mind, but what I was going to say to you is me and you have chatted before on zoom. When you were in the UK, we did a private podcast for the members. Yeah. You look, 20 years younger than when I spoke to you. You look amazing. You look lovely, honestly. So you must, it must, New Zealand must be doing something very good for you. It's just, you look gorgeous. Really oh, lovely. bless you. Yeah, no, you do. Honestly,
1: those moments on the beach when I just get to sit and listen to that sound of the sea. Um, I don't know. I think as humans, we've come away from that. We've come away from that. It's soothing. We have to play it through the car map, <laughs> you know, if we yeah. want if we want sea sounds, whereas now I pop down to the beach. Um, you know, we've been incredibly fortunate that we've seen the dolphins go past. All of that stuff. It's just, yeah, it's that connection again with where you live in. I feel it so much here, and I have always been a person who, if I'm by water, I'm happy. Get me to the water. Be at a lake, be at a river, be at the sea, whatever. Get me to the water. Mm. Um, and we have that here, and it's so freeing. Quite often in the evening, I'll just go for a half an hour walk. And again, just to be with the sound of the waves, it's just mm-hmm. it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that lifts you and well, it certainly lifts me anyway. So yeah, if I'm looking more sprightly, let's credit the sea. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, a hundred percent. And that, that's what they that's part of the moldy culture, you know that they say go to the sea and get your energy, or go to a river and get your energy. So it's obviously working for you. So lovely. Yeah. Um
1: yeah.
0: now not meaning to put a downer on it but let's let's just get into the into the into the nitty gritty it's a beautiful country and it's a lovely country and you but you are at the other side of the world has there been anything where you've just thought oh no i don't like this or i can't cope with this or has there been anything that you've come across that has been you weren't expecting like a emotions or anything really do you know, I keep almost waiting for this for the other shoe to drop, because <laughs> I am aware that nowhere
1: is utopia. Everywhere has got its problems. And I'm sure the longer you spend in a place, the more you know you see those things. Um, man- managing the fact that we're away from people at home, the time difference is a huge thing with the UK. That is definitely th- something that's difficult. And I know my mum really struggles with that, um, because it means that you can really only speak at the start or the end of the day. Um, whereas before you might have been nipping to the supermarket at two o'clock in the afternoon and you could give each other a ring and so that bit of it is definitely hard and the same with friends it is hard I two of my very close friends back in the UK have got engaged over Christmas my brother has got engaged two weeks ago um, and I'm so happy for all of them one of my other friends has had a baby you know all these life events it's hard being away from them when that happens. Cause you, there's no substitute for running up to those people and, you know, giving them a hug and, yeah. and sharing that with them. So I would say of everything that is the thing that is most difficult. But again, because we had such a long time to prepare for this, I had mentally prepared myself for how that's going to feel. Um, and so it's, I would say it's difficult, but it's not all consuming. So it doesn't, and detract from why we're here it doesn't make me second guess why we're here um, I think all of those reasons are still very much in my mind and I've come to terms and made peace with the fact that in making this decision there's no decision where you purely gain and you don't lose anything and in, in every decision and every change that's good and bad and um, and I think because we had such a long time to prepare for it we have made our peace with that So generally, I'm finding the other shoe hasn't dropped yet. I Mm. still just feel so enthusiastic and positive about being here. There are things that are difficult about being away from friends and family, but I feel like I'm okay with it.
0: How do you cope with, you know, what do you, what do you, have you got any tips for people who are coming from the UK? Because we always say, oh yeah, you know, Skype and everything like that, or FaceTime. Have you got any tips or how do you cope with it?
1: So I've always been a big texter. (laughs) I'm constantly texting. Um, So I kind of have a time in the evening when I sit down and I make a conscious effort to say hi to people um, and to catch up with them and just see how they're going, exactly the same as I would have done in the UK. So I make sure that I still do that. I definitely think video calls and things are helpful. Um, Yeah, I think, but I also think accepting that you are going to have less of that face-to-face relationship with people, but that doesn't mean that you can't share things with them. And also, I think as well, the other, sometimes we feel like we've we've chosen this, so we don't want to, one, moan about the things that are hard, because we've chosen about it, or two, almost be smug about it as well. Um, so I find that balance quite difficult. Sometimes I feel like I can't really tell people back in the UK, how exactly how we feel about it because I almost feel like I've forfeited my right to do that I don't know if you find the same
0: yes exactly the same yeah I think do you know what I miss is just when you're when you're back in England with your family and your friends and you're moaning about the line in you know or the queue in in Tesco's or whatever or oh yeah he cut me up in the traffic or I don't know mum's done that or you moan it you just have a little like families do and friends do like you know but over here and you speak to them and you feel like you can't have a moan because immediately for a start, if I say anything to my brother, for example, if I say, oh, you know, this or that, or I moan about something, he goes, why don't you just come back? The, the first thing he always says is, <laughs> why don't you just come back? So you feel as if you can't, like you say, you can't moan or complain because exactly like you just said, it's like, well, it was your choice. But yeah. yes, it was our choice. But we've still got lives. We still have things to moan about. You know, yeah. we still, we still come up with problems. But you, i personally don't feel like I can go to them with those problems anymore yeah. because it just feels like I'm going to get the same answer, which is just come back. Yeah, if you don't like it, just come back. Yeah. I, I,
1: actually, I find it harder from the other point of view that I feel I can't show that I'm happy because oh, really? I almost feel that I want to be like, yeah, we're really happy. Sorry, we're really happy. <laughs> I so almost true. feel
0: this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true, Nikki. Yeah, you do, you don't want to say too much, do you? And no. yeah, I don't know if that's the Brit in us though, because we tend Maybe. to be like, oh, you had a brilliant day today. Oh, but there was a bit of a line, you know. It was a bit. You kind of like play it down <laughs> a little bit, you know, because yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, Americans, they don't, do they? They're just like, it's been awesome. I was like, yeah. that's it. <laughs> exactly. End of
1: sentence. Just, yes. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not going to add any like caveats. It's just, it's been awesome.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we need to work on that, I think, as a nation, <laughs> British nation needs to work yeah. on that. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, yeah. this is, oh, God. It's just lovely. Your your enthusiasm and your energy has just been absolute it's it's contagious. It really is. It's just I'm almost trying to find things to just because people always say it can't be that good, but actually you're sitting here and you're a prime example of the fact that why moving to New Zealand is great for great for you, you know, for your life sort yeah. of thing.
1: And like I say, no change is, is going to be 100% positive. You're not going to gain in every single area. You do have to accept in doing it um, that there's some things that you will miss out on. And I'm not um, kind of completely blinkered about New Zealand. And like I say, I don't expect it to be utopia and to be perfect because nowhere is. Every single place has got its problems and its issues. Um, but, yeah, I think the gratitude helps that. I know we've spoken about that before. Um And I I love our chats. I just feel like we've been on this. You've been with us kind of right from the start of this journey and then through the creation of the Slack group. And we've just consumed every bit of content you and Brian have put out there. (laughs) When I go for my walks on the beach in the evening, it's often you and Brian that I'm listening to. (laughs) So even though we've only spoken a handful of times, I still feel like, yeah, you and Brian have just been there on that journey with us and championed it. And I feel one of the things that the Slack group has given us is that space to talk about all those things that we've just said are difficult to talk about back home because you are in a different place mentally when you're doing something like this. Um, and I think the group is such a huge support um, because there's other people who are mentally in the same place as you. And you can say those things, you know, that you wouldn't maybe say to friends or family because you feel guilty about it or you feel that you can't talk about it. Um, you just to have that space and that support. And for me, it's not about necessarily the 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 logistic side of things it's the emotional side of things yeah Um, and and i mentioned to you as well about the fact that we had a little slack christmas
0: oh that's (laughs) which was just so gorgeous (laughs) you mess up with who did you meet up with ginger Ginger and
1: greg and their two kids yeah yeah they came to our house we all had a lovely day we ended with the kids in the sea on the boogie boards while we kind of sat and watched them it was just we did the full kiwi experience barbecue and beach christmas day um yeah and it's given us those friends and those people to meet up with and i think that's maybe why we felt like we've had a community that we've been able to um yeah to just be part of straight away is because we've got those connections through slack i mean dan and ryan met up with us the week that we arrived as well people have been so lovely and it's just an amazing thing that you and brian have built to be part of that is um are wonderful. And I now love the fact that I'm on the other side of the fence. And for those people who haven't yet made the jump, I feel that I can maybe try and share some of the things that we've been through to try and help them. It's, It's such a wonderful place to be part of
0: oh that's so that's I'm I'm feel so lucky to have you in that community I really do it's just oh you and Brian
1: have done such a good thing
0: (laughs) thank you Nikki thank you and Brian Brian phoned uh Ginger up actually yesterday just to check on her after all the 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 cyclone and everything and he was like just wanted to offer his support and he phoned her and she said exactly the same about you she said you know me and Nikki have become such good friends and the kids get on so well and she just said it's just been wonderful to yeah to, to know you and just you seem to have made a really lovely connection yeah was, so i think special. we were in
1: similar time scales and we've got similar age kids and i think we've moved for similar reasons so yeah yeah it's been amazing to have that kind of ready-made people that you know um that you've spoken to beforehand i think that's hugely helped with us integrating and part of why we feel so settled and mm-hmm. um, there's just such lovely people in that group it's such a supportive place to be
0: Oh, that, that, that makes me really happy. You know what they say, they like attracts like. So I always think, oh, oh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just like this big magnet of, yeah, just, they're, they're just lovely. I, I couldn't, yeah. couldn't, me and Brian couldn't ask for better. So before I let you go, oh, I just want to keep talking to you all morning. But before, before <laughs> I know I'm we like, could just chat away. No, <laughs> it's just so easy to talk to. You're so easy to talk to. But for anyone coming from the UK, have you got any tips? Yeah, especially people who haven't been here before. Have you got any tips hmm. or, Look, anything that you want to say to someone who's moving from the UK over to New Zealand?
1: I think be prepared for how expensive the whole process is. Um, you know that that does cause us concern sometimes. Is that the money just feels like it's flying out the door? Um, and you know you pay for your work visa and then you arrive and you then you immediately are starting to pay for residency visas or whatever it might be. Um, you know it, it is expensive, so. I think as a process, it's expensive, or at least certainly the way we've done it is expensive. Maybe some more, and um, clever people could get around it a bit more than we have. So I think that's one thing to be aware of: that it is a, a you know a huge financial commitment. Um, I think going back to what Brian said, get rid of the expectations of where you've come from and embrace where you are now. Um, things will be different. Some things you might find frustrating, but focus on the things that you're gaining rather than the things that frustrate you. And I say yes to as many things as possible. So one of the other things that I've done is I've signed up for Facebook groups um, where people are looking to make friends. I've replied to other people's posts who've said, does anyone want to meet on the beach with the kids? I've said yes. And it's not always been easy. <laughs> um, in fact, at my works Christmas party, <laughs> I don't know what went on this day. It was the last day before we finished for Christmas, so it's like the 23rd of December or something, we're all having some lovely office drinks. I just burst into tears. I've Uh... got absolutely no idea where it came from. It's the first time I'd really had anything like that. And looking back on it, I think it was just the overwhelming feeling of being the new girl in every single situation. I think I was having a lovely time, but I hadn't, I've obviously not reached the levels of comfort with people, with my environment that I was used to back at home yet. And I think just all of a sudden being the new girl, being the new the new person at work, the new mom, the new whatever it might be, the new neighbor, I think it just all caught up with me all of a sudden. Um, and yeah, so be prepared for the fact that there might be moments where it catches up with you, but they're just a moment they'll pass and just focus on, on what you've gained. Because a move like this allows you to completely change your mindset on everything. You know, we've changed location, I've changed career. Um, and I just, I've got this outlook now where I feel so much that the things that we want to do, we can do, and um, that we don't have to play by this fixed set of rules that I've maybe self-imposed for the rest of my choices. Actually, you can make the choices here. You've said this before, when you, you know, if you tell Kiwis that you're about to start a new business, they say, good for you.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Go for it. You know, and I think that's what it's allowing us to embrace so, yeah, there's, there's, there's been hard moments. There's going to be hard moments. Don't yeah. underestimate what an emotional, physical toll that last couple of weeks before you leave are going to take. Um, it's a little bit like when you have a newborn baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just the emotional, sensory overload of it is definitely real. But keep in mind that it's all worth it, yeah. honestly. And I think it will change you. Fundamentally change you as a person, and I certainly like the changes that it's brought about in me.
0: I like the changes too. I just love <laughs> your energy. I love it. I just think you were made for New Zealand. You were made for adventure, Nikki. You, I, I, God, it's it's been a privilege watching you go through this journey, and you're oh, only thankfully. you're only just getting going because now. I talked to you a couple of weeks ago and you were talking to me about moving, being a coach and becoming, you know, helping other other people through change. And I just, I yeah. love it. I'm so interested in your journey. It's just, and I'm, I'm glad that you're here in New Zealand and part of our community. So. Oh, well, thanks again to you and Brian for everything you did to help along the yes. way. <laughs> you are welcome. You're very welcome. So until next time, Nikki, I'll let you go. And thank you so much for chatting with us today. Oh, you're welcome, Liz. It's been wonderful. Thanks again. Okay, darling. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We have loved having you here with us. If you love this week's show, please share this with your friends. Send it to anybody you know that wants to think about moving to New Zealand and get on over here yourself. Tell them how brilliant it is as well. And also, if you haven't signed up for our free five-day video guide showing you what life is like, really like, in New Zealand, then... Go over to the website and sign up. You are missing out. This is brilliant. Go over to www.nzahead/free, and we will send you five days worth of videos about what life is like in New Zealand. You are going to love it. So one more time, that website that you need to sign up for the free five-day guide is www.nzahead/free free so we're going to see you next week until then have a great week and we'll speak to you soon bye bye (laughs) say bye again bye Bye.